0: Hi, I'm Zach. I've been working in beer for well over a decade, so it's not uncommon for me to find myself enjoying a pint and great conversation with some of the most interesting folks in the brewing industry. Since many of the world's most entertaining discussions happen over a beer, I thought it might be fun to share a few of mine with you. This is Zach Talks Beer. Hello and welcome to Zach Talks Beer. This is an informal podcast in which I welcome friends and peers from the brewing industry on for an unfiltered, honest, and oftentimes fun conversation about working in beer, life outside of beer, and everything in between. My name is Zach Nichols and I'm a brewer and a small brewery owner originally from Wisconsin, but now I'm based outside of beautiful Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I've been in the beer world professionally since about 2009 and I've met and spent valuable time with a lot of great people on that stretch and my guest today is certainly one of them. So I'm happy to welcome on the show today Peter Buchard of Purpose Brewing and Cellars. Peter, thanks for coming on. I'm good. So we are actually at uh, my small brewery in Lafayette, Colorado, and we are in our little barrel cellar. We're open for business at the moment, so we uh, had to sneak into the back by the barrels to to find some peace and quiet. So um, we're we're beside the oak at the moment, but I'm excited to have Peter here with me, and uh, we'll just get right into things. So Peter, how are things going up in Fort Collins?
1: Excellent right now, you know? Good. Yeah. Yeah, for Collins, uh, well, we're in this springtime period eh, where we get snow and then we get this nice sunny day like yesterday. Yep. It's really a nice time to be around right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is a great time of the year in, in Colorado, and we're still getting a little bit of snowfall here and there, but, uh, you know, summer is right around the corner, we're starting to feel it. I think we've got some forecasts reaching up into the 70s coming up here in the next couple of days, so... That should be uh, good for the beer business. Um, yeah, so let's let's kick things off a little bit and talk about just your um, early days in beer. Um, actually, you know what? Before we do that, let's open a beer. Um, I, so, I, yeah, before we get too f- ahead of ourselves here, uh, I think I can manage it. Let's see. Um, yeah, let's open a beer. So I would like to ask all of our guests who come on the show uh, to bring with them a beer that is special to them. So it can be their own. Be something local that they just really like, or it can be something else that they just think deserves a little love. So, uh, what do we have here tonight, Peter?
1: Sorry for all the background noise but <laughs> the beer right, right now. Um, I brought a beer from a special friend, I should say, uh, Adair from Santa Darius. Um, she's just next to Santa Cruz in California, and yeah there's some connections there maybe we get to it later on uh, why I bring this beer or should I talk about it right now
0: yeah let's jump right into it now we can kind of backtrack there's no uh chronologic chronological order so how this podcast why, works why this
1: beer became so special was for me uh, when I took my second sabbatical in New Belgium after 20 years um I decided to drive west sorry for all the people that were out east um and I made sure I was at a brewery every night and um uh talked with the owners or talked with the brewers and uh, had too much beer and then the next day we're trying to back and uh, get back on the road and and so on basically and one of those encounters was uh there from Santa darius i had heard a, a group of them talking in um, i think the san francisco craft brewers conference a while back i was really intrigued they had a footer that they had to fill up with a i think a 10 barrel system but they had a 70 uh, Hectoliter footer so they had to fill it over multiple days, and so it really intrigued me. And um, I went there, tasted the beer. And it's a little bit like Zach's beers. I, yeah, I would, I haven't tasted uh, what is it, the Imperial Stout? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> most of your beers, Zach. I, I always think about them as uh, they're simply special mm. or special simple in the sense that uh, they have an edge that gives them a nice edge that makes it also very drinkable and also special enough but they're not beers that are going to blow your socks off oh no this guy used uh, whatever we were talking macadamia extract mm-hmm. and fully blown out of the the water on what they contain and that brewery is the mayas also I haven't tasted the beer yet and um, how do we do that we pour it in the microphone oh yeah, cheers <laughs>
0: Yeah, it says it's got Meyer lemon Mm -hmm. and rose hips. I definitely get the Meyer lemon. Mm -hmm.
1: So I don't think this one is barrel-aged. She also has a relatively small barrel program. The food is gone right now, but um, the barrel program is small. And so, so far, every beer I touch there is, and this one has a slight acidity Mm -hmm. from the lemon Mm -hmm. probably, but it's not really complex. It's just Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's got a delicate acidity too. It's really pretty.
1: Probably has some bread But I need to ask that My wife If it's a low on the bread And then I like it Yeah I like this beer So it probably has bread Yeah mm. It definitely does um, But it, it's in a subtle way also And It's a yellowish, orange Slightly haze, Nice foam beer mm-hmm. um, That you could drink all night Yeah
0: basically. Yeah, everything's in check um, Super balanced But lots of complexity to it Lots of layers Really yeah. nice beer
1: so, and when I was had a conversation with her, um, I was like, oh, shit, uh, I have to go small. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, at that point, we had Bill Dashville uh, with New Belgium, who was a fantastic project as a brewer, and uh, building a 500,000 barrel brewery uh, out, out of a brownfield um, area in a town. Yeah. And uh, dealing with traffic around town, dealing with the city. Um dealing with a river that we thought was important, but uh, we couldn't move. And then is designed a brewery around it and then start up the brewery where uh, you know startups, so you arrive early in the morning and you never know when you're going to leave because there's so much to be done and so much of the issues that you're dealing with that are really fun as a brewer. And then we hired a great crew there and I was like a fifth wheel on the wagon there. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll take my sabbatical. And talking with that there, to me, it was like there's so much beauty still in American brewing. Mm -hmm. How can I add to that beauty? Yeah. And so the reflection, I had time to reflect, you know, because I drove during the day and then I I hung out at the brewery and did blah, 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 and drank sometimes too much. Um, I'm like, maybe I should go very small. I mean, so that's where the whole concept for purpose came during that trip, basically.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's give a little bit of background. So Peter was with um, New Belgium Brewing for
1: quite some time. When did you start with oh New yeah, Belgium? We come back now to the background. Yeah. <laughs> the first question. You were we'll jump ask. around. It's all right. So I'm a Belgian brewer. Maybe I try to fake an accent like I'm from Belgium. <laughs> um, I worked in uh, some breweries and then I was 10 years the brewmaster in Rodenbach in Belgium. Try tried to say that if you're English-speaking or (laughs) Rolenbach. So that was an interesting brewery. As a young brewing engineer, I was the brewmaster there, responsible for buying raw materials to um, basically getting the beer in in package, but also do the planning, because how do you plan for a beer that you're going to age two years in between? Right. So it was really a very great experience. Um, I did it all there, so after a while there was nothing really that i could do we mm-hmm. did some white beer for another brewery at a certain point or a bit beer sorry you would call it <laughs> um, in english or in the u.s um, and so it was a really a good learning school d- uh, we trying to work with unions trying to work uh, there was one person in the lab if she was not there then was no, no lab job. work for yeah. the day yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so it was a fantastic uh, job and then I met uh, Kim and Jeff in the Craft Brewers Conference. Kim and Jeff from New Belgium in the Craft Brewers Conference in 96. And they were looking for a Belgian brewer. And we just had started a small brewery in Belgium. That was a five hectoliter or four barrel system. Uh, we were really busy because we were doing that in the weekend, plus some caving. Um, and they were like, well, we're looking for a Belgian brewer. I'm like, good luck uh, because we're way too busy. And then i stayed with daryl goss who was the brewer at uh, cambridge brewing in uh, boston at his house and he's like do you know where colorado is like so no um that brewery in new belgium is kind of an up and coming brewery why wouldn't you know why don't you consider it your invocation hmm. And being from Belgium, it's only a three-hour drive on the longest distance. So like, oh, maybe we rent a car and we just drive to Colorado. Yeah. And we went over uh, Ontario and (laughs) it was a fun trip, but uh, there were mountains here. And so we got stuck 96 um, uh, until 2017. I worked in New Belgium and then I started purpose brewing and sellers and and for Collins still, uh, who's now the smallest brewery for Collins.
0: Okay. Yeah. So How old was New Belgium when you jumped on over there?
1: It was five years old at that point. Okay, so they were still
0: pretty young. Yeah, so Jeff
1: was the brewmaster. Jeff, uh, the founder, basically, of New Belgium. But at that point, they just had built a current facility. Mm -hmm. We only had like 10 tanks when I arrived. Wow. Um, And so it was time for him to kind of get some other people in Mm -hmm. because he was doing... Like you and me do everything yeah literally (laughs) get some specialists in so that you can get some of your load off so i became the brewmaster there Uh, Mm -hmm. gabf 96 i was two days working at new belgium and then i went to the gabf on saturday and i'm like whoa what the heck is that
0: wow what a cool experience um so to bridge over to purpose which is the project that you and frezzy your wife are working on now you said earlier when you were talking about the New Belgium, North Carolina location that you were having a conversation with Adair, I believe, and realized that there was a lot more uh, that you could do in, in uh, regards to American beer that you could contribute and, and help shape and, and move forward the landscape. What, what were you not able to do that at, at New Belgium?
1: I was, but um, the last four years in New Belgium was really... A lot around new location, uh, finding a location, um, yeah, designing the brewery and then build out of the brewery. So I kind of had lost track with the roots, right? And because I really was damn busy on on trying to get um, stuff up and running. Yeah, but I love that stuff. You know, yeah, because you start up a brewery. East propagation yeah steam generation um,
0: so that is something you enjoy though is being oh, able to piece together a brand yes, new brewery from scratch yeah
1: I, it's a it's a, I, an experience of lifetime yeah many people can do that right I, that's a fantastic part but then I kind of went on a soul-searching side um, time with yeah and really as I came out I met a lot of people that maybe were my age and maybe midlife crisis i would say and kind of trying to figure out or hating their job or loving their job and uh, you had a personal aspect you also saw what was created mm-hmm. and that's where i rediscovered that there was so much beauty still in american brewing yeah and it's like when on my birthday a couple of years ago we discovered cellar west mm-hmm. and you're like wow this is a place to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sorry to say that, but it was literally like that. Yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> we were still in the old location. Yeah, uh, our Bowl. little garage <laughs> space up in yeah. North
0: Boulder. Yep. Yeah, I remember when you guys came in for the first time. Um, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool.
1: That was my birthday. We were going to go brewery hopping in Denver, and while we are driving I-25, we we're like, hmm, why? we haven't been in Boulder for a while, so...
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think Frezy came up to me at the bar and said... Um, yeah, it's Peter's birthday, and this is where he wanted to come. And I was like, wow, that's that's incredible. <laughs> that's amazing. That's a, quite an honor.
1: Oh yeah, I, I always ask people now at purpose also like, uh, oh, you're from there. W- w- what's the thing to do? What's the brewery to discover there? Sure. And so you always get that information. Like, hmm, One day when I get to Boulder, one day when I get to Wisconsin, one day when I mm-hmm. get to wherever, I'm going to go visit
0: that brewery. Excellent. So now we're at Purpose, right? So Purpose is your new small brewery that, that you have in Fort Collins. Were you guys always set on Fort Collins? Or, I mean, as someone who's really done a lot of travel around the country at this point.
1: Yeah, we, Frizzy and I my wife, we were married and said we wanted to see the world. So we traveled with our tent in Africa. We did a caving expedition with our tent in Jamaica. Uh, like, um, we were out and about. And so now the kids are kind of out of the house, not completely yet. And so we kind of start again on that, uh, our travel plans. So what was the question? Uh,
0: Fort Collins, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Fort Collins,
1: so at that point, uh, 17, the kids were still in uh, in high school at that point. Mm-hmm. And one of the requirements uh, of my wife was like, oh, you wanna go small? Um, it Has to be in Fort Collins. Okay and so for Collins it was
0: yeah just because you guys were so ingrained in that community and knew yeah. it well and wanted to and
1: we love for Collins yeah and it's a great town it's a little bit snobby less snobby than uh, boulder is yeah uh, it's a very laid-back community it's a great brewer's community
0: yep i definitely get that vibe every every time i'm up there that it's you know super laid back and all the brewers when i'd visit breweries you can tell there's a brewers from other breweries sitting at the bar chatting with each other and oh what did you guys filter this week and chat with each other and so with purpose, what are you guys? What is what is the focus with purpose? What are you creating and what do you hope to create? What do you hope to bring to the beer landscape in Colorado and the US? That
1: was uh, an interesting quest because um, the niches in beer are very well filled out. in We have, I think, 25 breweries nowadays um, in a community of 140,000 people, over 50 million. I don't know exactly. Yeah. And so what i really wanted to do is new and so i played with the idea should i have a new beer every day that's kind of stupid because then you only have one beer and you only have a new beer every day and like what about four or five beers every weekend Mm
2: -hmm. new Mm -hmm.
1: and so that's what we stuck with so every week every thursday we have four new five beer, beers on tap mm-hmm. um, and the biggest thing we sell is flights you know because our even our regulars come in and they're like oh what does purpose has on tap right now i'm just going to go with a flight and then they proceed from there on the one they like the most
0: and you guys w- are you on a seven barrel brew house or what size is your it's a four barrel four barrel so that gives you the opportunity to constantly be brewing and rotating yeah. how often are you brewing
1: oh, not that much but hey the way we brew is basically half the brew disappears in the barrel sure and Half the brew is served right away mm. and so we do a lot of dry hopping with wood or with flowers or with i don't know whatever uh, we come up with uh, i travel a lot i bring weird shit back also yeah. so um and we just play with it and um, see what we can do with it and our customer base is kind of our testing based also we are again i'm gonna refer to you um, Subtle on what we do, Mm -hmm. because we use weird ingredients um, uh, that never have been used sometimes in beer. But I always try to play it on a very subtle tone uh, so that you, I I kind of want to play it like a chef, you know, use a lot of ingredients, but you use them as decoration, you use them as a flavoring, you use them, uh, what's the level? I'm not going to use chilies to make a, a hot chili pepper beer. I'm gonna bring it to the background. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna try to get some of the citrusy or whatever flavors in it, and that's to me more the chef. You don't wanna go to the restaurant and what? What's your hottest plate that you have? Or what's your most bitter plate that you have? It's kind of crazy.
0: Yeah. So is there any is there anything in particular right now that you're excited about using? Are you really into flowers? I know you know early on you were doing a lot of wood stuff, right? I mean, you you wrote the book on wood, so. Um, you know, I remember early on when, I think it was Squirrel, Squirrel, um, based out of Fort Collins, right? Yeah, never um, been
1: in Minnesota, but the salespeople were in Fort Collins. Yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah, they came in and they talked to us. And I know you were doing a lot of stuff with unique woods from around the world. And is that still a passion of yours is exotic woods? Yeah, and wood
1: is still, um, it, having written the book of wood and beer, it brings you a lot of people that bring you stuff that you're like, oh, what is this? Mm. And uh, wood for me, it's everything. Eh? From sap to um, leaves to twigs, it doesn't matter too much if it's a, if it's a, just the wood itself, the physical wood that we have here, as you can hear. Yep.
0: Zach Talks Beer is supported by
1: Cellar West Artisan Ales. Cellar West is an award-winning small brewery in Lafayette, Colorado, just outside of Boulder and a short drive to nearby Denver. Named
0: one of Beer Advocate's Best New Breweries in 2018, Cellar West crafts a variety of small batch beers ranging from barrel-aged farmhouse ales to rustic European lagers. Planning a trip to Colorado? Be sure to add Cellar West Artisan Ales to your list of brewery visits. And now, back to the show. So, Frezzy's joined us. She's going to grab some uh, some of this lovely Sante Darius beer. I don't think it's going to be for you. Is it? <laughs> Are you not a fan of Brett? I am not. Interesting. A lot of times when we judge, judge
2: Peter's like, this is an amazing beer. He's like, Frezzy, why is this amazing to me? I'm like, dude, don't give that to me.
0: Yeah, so you're you're passionate about bread. Is it bread in particular, or is it uh, bacteria as well, or is it?
1: I think bread. Uh, I was just describing how to make beer. And I think bread is the same. they mm-hmm. have ugly breads. Yep. Um, and people use them sometimes in ugly ways. Sure. And I think you have to be. Um, bl- bread is like a flavoring. Uh, they can use to subtle uh, degree to bring some dimension to the beer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's how I like to play. I had one barrel that went overly the bread that I got from uh, Brassi- the I got a Brassi- uh, Breton and Mrs. Bruxellians from uh, um, De La Seine mm. because he was visiting and uh, he had a bottle that was a regular bottle um, and um, he's like okay w- we were tasting around and I, like, mm, I have a bottle that needs some help and so I threw with uh, him sorry a barrel that needs some help so I threw with him barrel 12 and then it took over and it became an ugly bread and it became shower curtain and you're like, huh? Yeah, <laughs>
0: that plasticky way over, yeah.
2: But bread Bacardi has, it's, for me, it's almost a clean bread. It does not have the ugly aftertaste. It's, mm. Some of the breads can be so, like, first time I visited Orval, the brewmaster was like, it was a brand new Orval. It was like, like right there, made yesterday, the day before And um, um, the brewmaster was like, Well, what do you think of it? And I was like, dude, I cleaned too many horse tables (laughs) my whole life. Don't even think about giving a beer to me. But some breads, especially like Brettman Isis they're way cleaner and they don't have that almost vomiting aftertaste.
0: Yeah. Yep. Totally. All right. Good to know. You're not the biggest bread fan.
2: Horse tables, or baby vomit. No, thank
0: you. What is your beer of cho- like beer style of choice? Are you a Belgian beer fan in general, or Belgian styles, or a little bit of everything? Um, I just came in
2: here, so I'm not sure what history you guys talked about. Um, but I think America, especially lately, surpassed Belgium. When you go back to Belgium, we almost miss American beer. Mm. The
1: hardest thing for me right now in Belgium, they're all way too sweet.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was one thing that surprised me quite a bit when I was in Belgium too. Was some of the small breweries that are using these strains that you would imagine are fairly attenuative um, are finishing rather sweet. Um, and I know there are there's different strains at some you know lower attenuators and whatnot, but
1: yeah. Last trip in Belgium, I- I kind of got a little bit in the water there, um, <laughs> because I was drinking, yeah, um, Belgian beers are often heavy, but Avec le Bon Vieux from uh, yeah, Dupont. Dupont, and it was the beer that we always drank in Bresbiertje, in uh, Brugge, when we were still living in Belgium, sure. and uh, they had a little tap, Oh okay. And so I had two of those, I forget what else I had, I probably had a Wasmala, uh, I normally have my Orval, because mm-hmm. I love the Orval. So we were drinking with a, a beer connoisseur in Belgium, and so in a special beer bar, so there was a good um, access to beers that you don't always get here.
0: Yeah, w- we had a lot uh, of one th- of our favorite ones in uh, Belgium right now as
2: well. And actually, it was our son who pointed it out to us. Is um, the four, triple,
1: yeah, triple the four. It's a new triple and mm. uh, that has some clovy, and I think they generated a bit of olive oil uh, knowing the brewery, but um. It's really an, uh, uh, a triple. That's kind of a case apart. And our oldest son, he ordered it, and he's like, "Oh, Dad, I, I really like this one." And <laughs> I'm like, "What is it? I never had it." And oh, this is really good. Yeah. Because they can drink in Belgium, if they below 21.
0: Eh? So. Yeah. What is it? 18 there or 16? 16. 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a, a a strange rule in Wisconsin where I grew up. That. Um, If you're with an adult and the establishment okay's it, at 16 you can drink with your with your parent. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. When we were in Belgium, one beer that I really enjoyed, and it could be you know, there's so much romanticism that goes into the experience of having the beer outside of the glass itself. But um, Degare in Bruges, the little you know, small. You guys have been there, I'm sure. Yep. And uh, yeah, having the the tripel there. um, it's sweet it was sweet yeah yep but uh just you know they serve the cheese with it and the whole experience white tablecloths and um that was certainly a fun experience for sure yep um so purpose this is good timing for you to be here let's talk about purpose so belgian beer background are you guys i've had beer from purpose everything i've had has been great are you guys is everything belgian influenced or no are you using american yeast and whatnot and
1: I think they're influenced by the Belgian Reinhardt Cabot, but that would be all. I mean, um, <laughs> the Belgian Reinhardt is they just use three ingredients, and that's knowledge, experience, and creativity.
0: Never heard it. I love it, though. No. Yeah.
1: That's, it was written in a law in probably in 911 or something. Okay. Yeah. Because um, you have to have creativity in a, in a beer. And so, um, unfortunately for the Germans, they don't have that, and so they're stuck with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of how we approach, uh, approach it as a chef it would be yeah. really infuriating if you're a German brewery can only work with three ingredients like meat or maybe cow meat uh, potatoes and beans or something right. only three ingredients and like oh really and I have to make beer with this that's going to be interesting and so for me that's why I'm, I'm very freewheeling on um, uh ingredients or or way to tackle yeah. the process and so because we have to create new beers all the time so. yeah
0: and are you weighing in on that as well Frezy like what different ingredients like hey I have an idea I had this cocktail at this place that used you know whatever I think it'd be fun in a beer yeah I think the only thing I'll
2: say um, for smooth makers or servers don't use bread
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go fair that's fair. Um, but no, it's, it's fun. And um,
2: a couple of times I said I didn't you know my tutors in, in New Belgium, I started bartending when I was 16. Go oh, ahead. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bartending. No, go So I always loved uh, being up front, talking to the people. Mm. And my dad was a sculptor, so I always kind of stayed away from the creativity. I met my dad, and um, so I stayed there. Um, I studied as a financial planner because I tried to stay away from that creativity. My dad is only going to be rich after a Degamander. <laughs> um, but then I still married an artist. No, we have purpose
0: together. So, what's next for purpose? What do you guys have on the horizon? What's, what's the future look like?
1: We, we looked at um, changing location, but. To me, it uh, feels like it becomes too big right now. I'm still not ready to go too big. COVID was kind of weird uh, because we were a non-pack. And so currently we're expanding the tap room, the current tap room that we're in, with an upstairs, uh, we're also modifying it a little bit. um, In the sense that we started uh, with COVID also packaging. Uh, We were just filling growlers and people ordered online and COVID was so boring because we couldn't talk about the beer, the right. creations that we created. And to me, it was like a, a harakiri, almost. Uh, like <laughs> and so we sh- luckily, for Carl's brewing community, is really great. And so we did some uh, evening packaging, canning at another brewery. We did, filled some growlers in the morning at another brewery. Um, we um, did some packaging at a, another brewery, so really a good community for us to get some cash flow in and because it was a tough period for the non-packaging brewery. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, c- currently it's uh, really picking back up and so we have to kind of figure uh, figure out our, uh, who we are. Um, who we are is still, um, I want to keep the creative um, at very high level again mm-hmm. because we are in a very dense brewing community and how do you add to that community how do you create to that palette uh, because we have all over the place breweries we have neighborhood breweries we have breweries who have um, uh, a weird flagship mm-hmm. that kind of like wow you have that as a flagship uh, Do you
0: guys have I mean you you were saying every weekend you try to have, you know, four new beers. Do you have a flight? Do you have something that comes around quite a bit more than ever, anything else or?
1: We, yeah, we currently have about a lager, um, but we don't keep it all the way as on tap. Yeah. Um, it's a floof. Uh, we use the lageries from Zwei mm-hmm. and then we um, hop it and dry hop it with uh, two French hops elixir and mm. and so it really becomes a quite unique lager and for me it was kind of funny to do that so i asked um if kirk from swai brewing where we got the yeast from who is actually one of the it's probably the closest brewery to us he had to approve before we sell sold it mm. so he came in he tasted and kirk doesn't say too much he's like yeah.
0: Good. I've met him before. He's a quiet guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so it was really great to get Kirk's approval, so now we sell proof. Yeah,
0: that's because awesome. Otherwise, we were gonna dump it. Very cool. So staying small, staying rooted in the community is, is kind of the, the move moving forward.
2: Mm-hmm. We have done big before. We
0: don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: market. I, uh, it's an interesting market right now, and it's fun to lay low. I. I do some other jobs, uh, some in other countries, and I really enjoy that. Also, um, it's it's fun to have to be working in my little four barrel system, and then uh, work with a big brewer somewhere in uh, Europe or a medium brewer in South America. Or yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you. So you, as someone who's been around american beer for quite some time um you know and frezy said earlier that you guys miss american beer when you're in belgium what what are your hopes and dreams for the american beer landscape moving forward i mean are there things that you are you excited in general about everything are there, there are things that you hope change or or get better or
1: having traveled in central and South america a lot recently um see the creative young naive enthusiasm i see people that have access to raw materials that we will never have access to Mm. and then i come back here and you know some breweries are making seltzers
0: yeah no
1: really like and this has become a mature industry and there's still a lot of beauty in american brewing in my eyes but it has become a mature industry and having seen central and south america i'm like wow there's still so much passion there yeah there's so much ingredients i never tried and there's so much dimensions i can add and then you talk with those guys and and we were just biking in Costa Rica and we went to the meadery in San Jose and they have like a couple of hectares of whatever, African, um, South American, American, it's, uh, and we were visiting it with uh, somebody She climbs in a tree, she's throwing us uh, the fruit, we cut it open, we taste the fruit, oh, and then we have those herbs here and we were just going through Flavor discovery, it's more than a discovery. Like, um, I don't know how to express it. it's like a door that opens, and you're like, Whoa, there's so much more dimensions to what I can do, right? If I could only be brewing here because I, I have to be here when it's ripe or when it's ready, or or even when it's not ready because I think I could use it earlier or later, or what do you do with it? The processing part of the dimensions that you can add. And it's not only about the ingredients, it's also a way that you do with the ingredient before you add it to the beer. And so there's so much dimension to be discovered still in beer that we are just like little kids in a candy store right now. We only explored like the Germans malt hops and water. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, w- water was the one that they figured in, but they didn't figure the yeast. But hey, there's so much more to be
0: discovered. St- yeah.
2: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like in Belgium, we already talked about that. The beers are so sweet you now because my boys are 21-22 and they kind of want that sweet flavor from cocktails. The so we really have to be be artistic, be innovative. or't we going to go the same way and we already are at that mature level. We don't want to go down, we want to go up up up. So be creative, do something new. I know everybody has to make money, but try
0: it out. Yeah, yeah, don't be afraid to push boundaries and, and expose the consumer to something new that they've maybe never experienced before. Yeah, I think, um, you know, as much as to a certain extent, it's true that the the customer's always right. You know, there is a reason that they, they come to your establishment and, and part of that is because they rely on you to show them something new and and cool, you know, they're not the professional, they're, you know, they do whatever they do during the day, they come over at five o'clock and they look at Peter and they look at me and they say, show me something cool, you know.
1: Uh, Beer, um, although it's an art, but it's maybe like any art, it, it takes you a little while to take it in, but the other part about the art of beer is that it's also a social lubricant, and then people go home yeah, and they tasted all the beers they made their, their opinion what they like or not or they heard your story about it but then it's only a social lubricant and then you step away you know you mm-hmm. don't talk stuff about what you did with the beer at that point you can talk about ukraine or you can talk about yeah, because we talk about our daily life mm-hmm. with beer, and that's why we create beer it's very um approachable art it's something that People don't even think about too much. Hey, they think about it in the beginning when they do the first two sips that they take, and maybe at the end when they're like, "Oh, this is too cloying," or "I have another." But in between that, right. beer is just—it's uh, not about the beer; it's about people bringing people
0: together. Right, something to lean on during the conversation while you're enjoying each other's company. And I miss that so much. Yeah, COVID. yeah, same. Well, I think you've got everyone sold on purpose. So how do how do folks follow you or, or stay in the loop on what you guys are doing? Do you have a website? Do you have Facebook? What are the what are the ways for people to follow purpose?
1: Yeah, we have those regular things, you know, Instagram, Facebook, um, or website. Um we have to keep them all up to date on um what we do because it changes every week so right um i designed the website (laughs) Uh, sorry about that (laughs) (laughs) i like new things so it was kind of a fun challenge but you have to keep it very dynamic uh for who we are and then you see in our social posting also that um what's new right because it's always about the new yeah so a lot of people are like oh spinach because it was St. Patrick's Day, we always color our beer with spinach we used kiwi, and so I was intrigued when I saw a here. Oh, yeah. No kiwi in it. No kiwi in it.
0: Nope. All right, well, that's excellent. Well, hey, Peter, thank you so much for coming on uh, this evening. And frezy just stepped out into the tap room, but uh, it was great to chat with her, too. And, uh, yeah, I would say let's get together soon and have beers, but I think that might happen right now. so Yeah. Um, Yeah, let's wrap up here. But hey, thanks for listening to Zach Talks Beer. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's kind of how we keep things rolling along. Uh, We don't necessarily have a social media presence for the show, but you can visit zachtalksbeer.com to contact me and to check out new episodes. I try to get one up every other week or so or as much as my life at the brewery allows for um, and on that note, feel free to visit SellerWest.com or Artisanales on Instagram or Facebook to learn a little bit more about my small brewery in Colorado. Hope everyone has a great next few days, and we will circle back soon enough. Cheers.